Yes. Um, hello, and welcome back to a, a special episode of Boys Gone Wild. Woo-hoo. It is the one year anniversary. I've put on a shirt. Where I haven't. You haven't. I was nearly going to wear. You know when I wore that hat and the hoodie. Yeah. I, I just couldn't be, bo- I couldn't be bothered today. Yeah. Well, I've had a. I feel like in January, which was like I feel like the darkest part of lockdown potentially just straight after the announcement of third lockdown yeah yeah oh yeah it was i'd say that's the darkest part Did, but late december i'd say january early feb were the best run of good episodes i'd say yeah out of darkness comes light yeah but then i remember that was the episode where i felt completely comfortable uh wearing trackies to yeah, the episode. yeah. It's completely felt like that but there's a feeling now i was looking at my trackies and i was like i might could put them on but there's a yeah. feeling now that it's like it's now you've got to start preparing you've got to start putting trousers on yeah in general getting ready for the coming because i yeah. I've, but i found january was awful but it was comforting that there was like you know your life is going to be shit and to you sink know, into the slop but you it. know it's going to be shit so yeah. you know what to expect you yeah, wake yeah. up you're like it's not a surprise but with, clo- like, particularly oh, with, with someone like clothing and i guess that extrapolates into general life there isn't an expectation to be doing anything from other people because ev- everyone else anything. is feeling the same way so just we do, did whatever, this, do whatever we did, you want we guys. did the same thing every weekend you know which yeah. is not ideal but at least it's like you know it's what it's going to be yeah yeah but now I've found, now things are opening up. God, yeah. I'm getting a rush of anxiety that I haven't had for months. Are I was, you feeling the, the pressures of coming out of lockdown? Well, I feel um, in the in the heart of it. My legs are de- kind of awkwardly touching when we're talking about our emotions here. I yeah, how do talk, I normally do it? I don't so want to talk I, about anxiety I, with you when we're touching each other's legs. Yeah, and also... We, we can if you want. No, no, no. I no, thought no. you'd be more uncomfortable with that then. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's something not, about it's it. It's something... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're close, but... Yeah, but you can't move it away because then it looks like... Then it looks like I'm backing away yeah, from yeah. you, so I had to address it. Uh, but we sit the same way every... So I always so, sit like this. I've done... I always sit here. I, I'm so I guess spread. it's this. I, I, I get a 90 degree angle with my legs. And I and I kind of keep... A bit and you keep... Yeah. You're the upper class. Yes. Um, but uh, no, I I feel like in the in the heart of the Jan Fair lockdown, like I was doing bad, but everyone was doing bad, and compared to most people, I was doing good. You know. Yeah. But now, name names, name and shame. <laughs> How about everyone? Everyone, boom. everyone. You've been called out. <laughs> We've been called out. We're we're a pod who's not afraid to name, <laughs> name names. And shame. If all you say it. name and shame, most people will try and do a political answer. Yeah. Not us. No. We'll name them all. The lot of you. Everyone. The lot of you. <laughs> Frankly, it's been shameful <laughs> to watch you all unfold. But I've been feeling because now it's just that awkward thing where it's like. When I when I heard that the pubs are the outdoor seating for the pubs, I bet you just get that twinge. I of got anxiety. a twinge, and I was yeah. like, "This is a great thing." But yeah. immediately, I'm like, "Well, it's all going to be booked up. Should I plan something? Are are loads of people going to be?" Um, well, fortunately for you, I've booked something. Yeah, no, I do remember that we so, have got something. Yes, but immediately I saw that, and I was like, "I'm so I want the pubs to be open so much, but I want the pubs to be open. I don't want the opening of the pubs." Yeah, I want because what? But let's get into that. Why did what is that? What does the opening pubs what, entail for you? What I love about an open London is when you kind of on like a Wednesday night you go out and there's just shit going on. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's normal. No oh, one used to go no one, celebratory beer after the podcast n- frequently. Yeah, on no one knows night. who you are. Yeah, no one cares what you're doing. Yeah, you just go around. People are just doing normal shit. You can go. Oh, you can publicly urinate. You, you can, can indecent exposure. All that stuff. But I just feel that the kind of the couple of months when it opens up, 
there's going to be just this thing where everyone's going to be giddy and weird. And yeah. I'm go- I, it's going to make it's going to be interesting, but it's going to put me on edge. Yeah, I just want there's normality. Bit, there's also going to be way more stringent kind of track and tracing, so yeah. they're definitely going to be really on identifying you as a person <laughs> yeah, as well. Exactly, you can't snoop about. You can't let your head hair yeah. down or hide in bushes. Yeah, and it also I'm going to get a haircut. Now oh God! Just, it's been months. It's been ages. This is ridiculous. Yeah, now, this to is be too long, and I'm going to shave the moustache symbolically with the hair coming off. I you're going to go full. You're going to go baby's yeah. bum. You're going to baby's bum. I'm going to baby's bum it because I remember a lot of people, mm. you know, think oh, it's the the moustache, which is one of the most annoying things, is when people. Sometimes people get angry because they think the moustache is ironic, or sometimes they just assume, oh, it's a it's a joke thing, and it's like, no, it's not. I, I think that's you just you should you do something my face without it. Exactly. And do you remember, like, yeah. you gave me a lot of shit for facial hair, and then I w- had like my the, oh, goatee. the goatee. Was, I gave you yeah, some yeah, shit yeah. for the goatee. And I had I remember having that for like six months, and remember when I I took the goatee off, and you like couldn't you started I was like, laughing. You need, to, well, you need to do something with it. Yeah, yeah you no. started laughing, and I was like, "This is fucking bullshit." How, who yeah. laughs at someone for shaving? <laughs> well, I think the problem you see that with uh, men with beards mm. is that if you you can, there's an app now that you can get it to like remove your beard, and there's been a lot of you know shock and horror about what people look like without mm. their beard mm. but that is certain amount just to do with people's becoming accustomed to the guy's face like with a beard someone's gla- you know those because my glasses don't have huge magnification yeah but, but if you, you know those people off, you know yeah. those people with the, the, the glasses which are like they have like the worst eyesight yeah, in the world yeah, and it's yeah. literally like you've got a magnifying glass yeah. and their eyes are giant when you yeah, take yeah. it off and their <laughs> eyes literally look yeah. like little shrimp eyes and because they obviously look better without the magnifying glasses <laughs> off but our brains can't compute <laughs> that like, immediately put it back on they look like, yeah, it looks like when Darth Vader's thing came off, you know. The, and he's got the yeah, and he all and looks just all like put it, back. put it back. But put I'm sure back. if you know his his ble- like blistery head, I'm sure if he didn't have it, we'd get used to it, and it'd be weird him having no, the exactly. Mask. It'd be weird when him having the mask, mask on. on it'd be like fucking hell. <laughs> what the fuck you did, <laughs> Darth? What's going on, mate? Um, and I think I think also recent. I don't know if you. I was wanting to bring this up before we go into the questions. Um, I found something that's been kind of been happening maybe i think um, i don't think my uh, music no has been going no like i share no, a with you and I no get no i don't think my uh music has been more boring than it has been over the last kind of three four months i've been really struggling we spoke about this well you said you had you found new music we didn't really talk about yeah but the, no i said during lockdown it's, it's been i've been brutal. terrible with it it's been Every, brutal. everyone has i've had so many people message me saying very similar things yeah. and asking for suggestions yeah well I've i'm had, asking I've everyone for suggestions because uh, yeah, yeah. If you guys have anything because i think that's also uh, you forget how just having something new or exciting that if you're walking somewhere, you can like listen to it's something. It's the walking. Yeah. It's a big aspect of it. If you're it. going somewhere and there's like, this yeah. is a new song on it, but there's nothing new that interests But me. this is, well, because this is what I was saying. I think I might have mentioned it, but when I, my new kind of interest, if you can call it that, is in uh, daytime TV, mm. that you sh- I usually listen to music at work mm. because it's, I found I could get as much out of it. That's partly because I was finding loads of new stuff. So Daytime TV has come because you haven't got new music. And I just don't have, like to listen to music as like a secondary activity when you're working, you've got to have a certain amount of happiness and drive. But yes, well, well, uh, well, uh, well, um, comment uh, any anything new that you've heard over lockdown that you think is great. Uh, it's been a year. I, I, the thing about, I, I don't feel that much. Um, I feel like I should feel more because it's been a year and I see a lot of people when they, they post about the, the podcast. podcast, they'll be like, a year since you started, I can't yeah. believe it. They show all these old pics of them with like very slightly different hair, not yeah. that different. Just slightly uh, longer. <laughs> yeah. um, 
so I don't really feel anything. And then I guess for me, I set a very achievable goal um, that by a year I'd wanted, you know, this is a pretty, this isn't like a crazy goal. Uh, I wanted a thousand YouTube subscribers. And we're close enough that it's quite annoying. Yeah, what, what's it on? Like, we're like 856. 856. 856. So it's like, if I was still on 200 subscribers, it'd be fine <coughs> to be like, well, 1K was a crazy yeah. dream. Of course I would. Yeah. Um, but like because just it's so close, off it just bit. feels like a weird failure. Yeah. So if you guys listen to the podcast and haven't subscribed, let's try and get that. Let's, let's get, try and get that one. Smash that on, sub button. On the year anniversary would be great, wouldn't it? Because it would be come brilliant. out on this is the year anniversary episode. Yeah, I don't know. I know if it's we get 100 I don't know if this is the year. I don't know when the actual thing, but I know it was. A, it's going to be in this we'll, week. We'll call somewhere. it this. We'll call it this. So if it's around, if we can get it, well, we need 150 for two days, but we'll mm. see. As a celebration of a year, um, anything we're going to be doing in general, thanks to everyone who supported us on Patreon. Uh, that keeps the wheels turning. Absolutely. Uh, this month, I'm going to read out some of the new patrons. Uh, when I say their name, I'm gonna can say you say what, what I... their nickname would be? Okay, yeah, I was going to yeah, say. Okay. Yeah. So Hannah Buckler uh, the, shouts out. The hand man who's got the plan. Hand man who's got the plan. George Batchelor. Batchy boy, always fishing koi. Thomas Prentice. Alan Sugar. <laughs> that, that's nice. Anna. Anna? She's so hot you got a fan her. Nice. What, that's her, her nickname? She's so hot you got a fan. Anna her. with a comma, she's so hot you got a fan, her, yeah. Is the her like I'm more going quick. for uh, yeah, I think yeah, you know what I mean. Meg. Meg. <laughs> I think we've covered that, yeah. yeah. Rebecca Whittingham shouts out. The witty bitty from Lancashitty. Yeah. City. Rebecca Big Titty Ham. Horatio. Continue. Don't fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking, it's fine. Daisy. Daisy, Daisy, quite contrazy. LR. LR, I am. And Dana. It's two N's. Dana with two N's. Dana. 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 Dana, your Beddingfield. Dana, your Beddingfield. Dana, your Beddingfield. Okay, that's pretty good. I think the best nickname I've heard is for our friend Matt Fitzpatrick. The nickname was Fat Tits Crap Shit, which means that they managed to get a different. Um, cuss yeah. word in every syllable yeah. which is quite impressive um, but yes uh, thank you for thank you guys. patrons and from now is on is there a link at the bottom uh, yes I'll put one yeah, yes the, there, the is, link there is there yeah, is a link, link at the, the bottom, bottom. Um, and from now on um, we'll be reading out new patrons yeah. when we get them so um, a company with nicknames a, a company with you. nicknames I mean yeah. it's £2.50 it's £3 a month um, which for a bonus episode is it's very cheap. Mm. It's good price. It's not bad at all. And and they're, they're a lot, better. Other, they're a lot see, better than these episodes. Yeah, and also I see what other patrons people give and it's like one bonus episode a month, maybe like an occasional blog post. It's, it's a like, 40 it's minute episode a week. We fucking... Yeah. You guys, you guys don't know you're born sometimes. Um, right, let's go let's straight to the it. questions. So let's Tom Prentice, who is a patron, who I did shout out. Alan Sugar. Has asked the questions. It is interesting because I have forgotten what all of these questions are. So let's go straight in. Hello, boys. So I'm currently engaged in a somewhat long-distance relationship. The girl is about 350 miles away down in, you know, good old Scotland. <laughs> and I live in um, England, um, right by London. And I was just wondering, you know, what your experience with long-distance relationships or your views on it? Because um, it varies from person to person. Anyway, um, here's Sweater Song. <laughs> Moody. 
nuts. <laughs> very nice. Thank no, you very gonna, much, Tom. That was a lovely that was, little compliment. Yeah. I don't I know who your friend is, but that was lovely. Is he the bloke who's got... The, like, like, is he like a musician? No, not that one. That's not. Uh, but it sounds like that's a great... No, that's uh, Young Limbs. Young Limbs. Um, shouts out Limbs. Shouts out all of them. Um, so long distance relationship, what our thoughts are on a long distance relationship. Uh, I've had a long distance relationship. Well, not long. I was at uni. My ex was yeah. in London. It's not that long. Have Have you had a long distance relationship? Yeah. You? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I have. Yeah. Quite a a, a long one. Yeah. Well, kind of long. Well, France, Paris, yeah. and Paris and Brighton. Yeah, that was a, so. So, do you have any uh, thoughts on? I guess it's quite an open-ended question. Yeah, I mean, my initial reaction was just like, oh god, it's it's a lot. The problem is, I think I have too many thoughts on this okay. to even get into it. All right, let's the, move on to the next question. Yeah, then. thank you, <laughs> thank thank you for the song. We'll disregard the question. It's been nice. No, there it's it's oh. Because, like, so it started where we, we got together at uni. She was French. Mm. I was just a, uh, a Brighton boy, a Burgess Hill boy, you know, seeing the sights. Mm -hmm. um, and then she then obviously moved back to France after uni. I then moved back to Brighton and then London. Um, but then, mm, for, it's fucking difficult. There is no okay. way, two ways around it, basically. I don't know, like, it's what I've always found that it's hard to relax when you get into the situation when it's the two of you together because there's such a time pressured situation. Yeah. So what happens is instead of you just popping over to each other's houses when you're free of an evening, you know, on a regular basis, because yeah. that's how I want to do a relationship. You know, you see them like one, two, three times a week kind of thing. Yeah. And that's because you want to see each other and you can see each other. Yeah. Um, the problem with a long distance thing is you have to organize your time around seeing them. So like you, in order to go and see them, you have to buy a, a Eurostar ticket or a plane ticket or a mm. fucking bus ticket. When I was, because it was when I was absolutely broken, I used to get a 12 hour bus because it would cost five pounds. Don't know how that company made any profits to this day. Five pounds, five to, five pounds, five pounds from, to Paris? From London to Paris. Wow. How long is that journey? 12 hours. <laughs> oh God, that's horrible. It was, it, there was some tough times on it. <laughs> five pounds. But there was, I did also have the best time of my life ever in one of them because right. um, she gave me, uh, two Xanaxes. Oh, went, wow. I went with Adam. Yeah. And then we, no, Adam came over to see us and then we were going to get the bus back together. Yeah. So she gave us two Xanaxes each yeah. for the bus Made journey. Adam so didn't good. want any, so I had four. And I was, I was, I could have been anywhere. That's the thing. Was, Xanax is a drug that um, we, at the end of uni, we, it felt like Xanax was coming in. It was like a generational thing that was slightly below us. Like the years below yeah, us were getting. Yeah, they're dangerous as fuck. But Xanax is fucking incredible. Which is why but it's, it's so why dangerous. It's, Never touch I that have shit. only ever had that. Don't touch that. I've had it's it fucking twice. amazing. Once was on that bus, once was the other, because I was like, that's way too much it's for me. It's too good. It's too amazing. It's too chill. Because it, it, it's annex it like the, the like illegal version of it. Um, it just removes all anxiety and just makes you feel completely happy immediately. Which is great. But then you it means you sleep for 13 hours and have forget everything. There was one of, with this, one of this girlfriend that yeah. I had's friend actually went missing for a week on Xanax. Yeah, this happens all the time. Because he was just asleep basically for all of it. And then you don't remember any of it. Yeah. Um, it's too chill. Yes. You can get too chill. So don't one of do my Xanax, friends described but it, it is amazing. <laughs> one of my friends, Martha, described it because yeah. she had a couple of friends at her uni that was using it too much. Yeah. And she put it nicely though, just like all the sharp edges of your personality just get rounded off. Yeah, that's and nice. And you just become quite almost catatonic in a way. Yeah. It's, but yeah. Xanax and aside, we'll get back to the question. But so with that, it's like, so you have to, first you've got to plan 
when you're going to go there, which is often difficult because mm. if you're going to make it worthwhile to get there, a lot of the time you've got to be on a week off mm. or you've at least got to go for a week to make it worth it. Yeah, yeah. So then when you get there, it's like there's pressure on every single minute that you're spending together to make it fantastic. And what I want to do a lot of the time with my girlfriend yeah. is chill. You want it to be normal. You want it to be normal instead of... like Obviously, you're in Paris, which is... <laughs> 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 but you're in Paris, you want to go and see the sights and everything. Yeah. But once you've been there like seven times, yeah. you don't, you want to go and have fun, obviously. But then it's like every day feels like you need to be doing something. Like having just a movie day or something in seven days feels like you're doing something you wrong. Yeah. And for me, that stresses me out because then it doesn't allow me to relax into me, nor m probably more so than her at that point. Um, so it just kind of makes me feel a bit anxiety, uh, anxious about it, about that just the time you spend together, which is fucking difficult. And then you have the whole calling each other thing of the evening, like or when, whenever you can. And like you finish work, you're tired, you've, you want to then cook, you maybe want to spend some time with your boys and your mm. housemates, etc. And then you want to go to bed. The cooling like for an hour, there, there are times where you really want to do it. But there are also times when you can do it. But you just don't want to. Mm -hmm. If if they were next door or if they were in London or somewhere and they could come I over. Speak to them. Abs no. <laughs> it would be even worse. <laughs> no, if they were if they were around and they could physically come over and share that experience with me, as in like come over, chill with my friends, watch whatever we're watching the TV or whatever. Yeah. Fantastic. But like again, it's that pressurized time of like just spending just just a conversation with the two of you and it's got to be a good one i think that's that's the key i think probably i don't know how long um tom i don't know how long distance this is because i've had a long distance but it was i was in lemon spa my girlfriend was in london at the time he said he said scotland and um, oh scotland oh he did say yeah he did is he scotland, scotland was he in london as well i'm not sure but um scotland just outside london that is that's annoying because for me for me it was a hour and a half train journey yeah. which is you can do every weekend easily without yeah. any fatigue really yeah so like i would go down for the weekend or she would come up for a weekend and i felt i really liked that because what i liked about that long especially at that point in my life was i liked the idea i i almost reversed what you were saying i liked the kind of that it would, it would only be quality time yeah um and then when You'd i wasn't when i wasn't with her it me meant that um I can focus on everything else fully, mm -hmm. you know, as a, a problem means- Because there was no chance of you being you, together. In the yeah, and it, it means that you can focus on friends, focus on everything yeah, yeah. else. The thing that I've always found hard, I even find hard now, um, and then my current relationship is because I can't, I find the calling and the talking to I really just am bad with that kind of stuff. Yeah. It, just, it feels very rarely, yeah. Um, it always if and I see if I see a call for like if I, I those there's a lot of people who love calling. I used to do it a lot more maybe when I was younger, but like yeah. If I those two and a half hour calls that you can easily have, then you just feel when it hangs up, I always feel a bit like fuck. There's like two and a half hours. It just Do feels. You, I kind of feel the opposite in terms of when it when it ha when you hang up after a two and a half hour call, it feels really nice. It feels like okay, great. That was I, you know, it was a, a nice a nice time, a nice chat, a conversation with whoever almost. Mm. And it, it feels quite like validating almost. Or quite yeah, no, okay. I, I get that because I'm more, I, I definitely get that because it's, but I, I still, what, what I'm still anxious done? about the amount of time. That yeah, you, You're, you cannot chill out basically. <laughs> yeah. You've got, and I can chill out yeah, too much. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's like, there are ways to do it. And like, um, for me, 
I feel like if it's one of your first, if it's your, maybe your first long distance relationship, you go in with a certain amount of energy and feel like, yeah, we can make, you know, if you really want to make it work, of course you can make it work. Mm. But I do strongly believe you've got a plan to be in the same place together in the fairly recent, fairly near, fairly near especially future. when you're young. Um, and then also, I don't know, I, I, I still think there's something interesting. I've never tried it, um, but it's interesting the idea of um, sort of having like a strong uh, long-term relationship and it's long distance, but being in an open relationship where- That's what I was in. And I find that's quite interesting. Um, and, it w and it works a shitload more. In terms then it just of, feels like- Because you then, feel like you have a bit of freedom. But, but then the problem is, is that it will, it, it, it's just that it will always lead to complications, you know? The thing is like, yeah. Sort of an I mean, because an open relationship is a different conversation to have almost. Yeah. But I feel, for me, it would have... I don't know. For me, it's almost a bit of a necessity if it's long distance in some ways. Yeah, for you personally. For, for sure. me personally. Yeah. And I think that's... And it's not just sex. It's almost just like an idea, this kind of abstract idea of just freedom, of just mm. being able to... I hate the idea that I'm being pushed into something, like being having to do something when... You know, you're not even you're not experiencing any of the good side of a relationship if it's long distance and it's closed, mm. because you don't see the person that you're holding like that you're being good for almost. Yeah. So it's but it's just a, an abstract concept of freedom, basically. Yeah. Which, if you both share and both want, that's fantastic. But then, one, it, one, you've it got always, to have a strong bond with that, yeah. and two, obviously, it's going to lead to some complications. But also, I I still believe no matter how strong the bond is, no matter every open relationship there, it's gonna there's always going to be an inequality. Always, I feel it's never going to be equal fitting. Somehow, there's always going to be a slight difference, <laughs> and it's going to bring up things. Yeah. I think there's just everyone I've heard. There's always like it does mm. seem like it's really hard to find a balance of you guys are both getting the, the same amount because it's hard to get the same out of the open relationships. And if one's getting more yeah. out of an open relationship than the other, then that yeah 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 hundred percent hundred percent. Do you want to move on to another question? Yeah, let's do it. Let's um, link and do it. Uh, okay, this is from Imogen. You might be a patron. I'm not sure. Okay, um, please can you explain why um, why we can't just print more money? Because I love it. Like I understand right now that if you print more money, the prices of things will go up, so it will diminish in value. But it's all fake. Why can't we just not make things mm. diminish in value and just have more money? Like it's all made up. So why <laughs> would it matter? Thank you. Thanks very much, Imogen. That's a great question because it's, um, you know, it, it's pretty much the entirety of economics is sort of fundamentally the question of why can't we print more money is sort <laughs> yeah. of the basis of the entirety of economics is why can't we print more money? This is why. This, this is, is the why. whole, this whole subject is why we can't yeah. print. But it's also, I remember at first being explained inflation and it made sense when they explained it, but I'm also like, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I get what you're saying, which is more like if we print more, who's, like if you print it more in secret, Who's gonna know? You know, who's gonna know? Well, and it's do. always the same. Like we're setting the dollar. Why don't like you always think it makes sense? But it's always like the pound's going up. Why don't we not make it go up? Yeah. The value of the pound's going up. How about we don't do that? You know. So what? Because <laughs> you actually know. What about was alluded economics. to there was that if we, if we print more money, like the value of things yeah. is gonna go down or, yeah. or up or vice versa. Yeah. That's not what it's about. It's about the value of the currency itself. Yeah. So if we printed more pounds. Yeah. The basic premise of economic value is yeah. when there's when there's more abundance of something, it's less expensive. 
is yeah. less valuable. So that's why gold is really valuable because there isn't much of it in the world and something like coal isn't as valuable because there's loads of it in yes. the world. So if you print, we have, but then, so when you take it away from res natural resources or whatever, and we take it into currency, we choose the amount of currency we print. So if there was one pound only in the world, that the value of that pound would be incredibly high. But if we if we have a massive a massive production of pounds, a gazillion pounds, a gazillion, let's say. <laughs> I didn't want to say that number, but we're going to go for it. If we had a gazillion pounds, can you imagine how low that value would be? Because what it is, there's a difference between um, the value of things and the value of currency. Yeah. So we used to have what's called a fixed exchange rate which is when we basically the governments had control over how um how much these currencies are valued but as we had a newly globalized world when free markets global markets exactly yeah, yeah. Um, and there's kind of capital flows which is basically just money flows between different countries we needed a way to work out how much a pound is worth relative to something like a rupee okay so here's a question so if I, in my basement, got a money printer, no one catches me. So I know it's super illegal, but you managed to do it perfectly. If you're planning on printing a gazillion pounds <laughs> in your basement, I'm going to have to stop you. I print, uh, um, like, a billion pounds. Yeah. Why, how would someone know yeah. if I play it right, I launder the money? So you wouldn't. I spread it. Oh, you spread it? I spread it, I launder it. Who's going to know? Every, the market knows. The market. They, you, no, I'm not telling them. How You're not the, telling them. How the market do they because, know? Because that is, I can't give you the exact answer. Fuck you. <laughs> See? Fuck you. Imogen, we're on to something. You're not on to anything. So Who's going to know? <laughs> it's the, the market knows. Who? How? Because as soon as you put, right, because, okay, we'll go we'll go through it. I get in like no, no, five listen, years, so if, if you start it probably spending, become clear that someone printed a cheeky billy. If Horatio had a gazillion pounds and you just started. A billion. And let's not. A billion. No, I've got a billion in my basement. No, because if it's going to have a significant then we'll say a trillion pounds. It's that you true. just start splurging into the UK market. I think a billion market. would have an effect. Where do you... Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So what you're going to... But bearing in mind, the government is always printing... I think you'd notice a trillion. The government, that makes sense. The government is always printing more and more money. But there's the, there's methods of which to put that into the system, basically. Put that in, kind of release the money into the market. Yeah. In order to make the current the value of the pound not depreciate or appreciate too much, basically. Yeah. And but it, if you yeah. were to do that, so what do you? What would you? Well, where would that money go? So I've got it in my basement. Yeah. Where, so and then, then where does I'm, that money? Uh, go? I go. I'm gonna buy. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna buy an island uh, in. The no, Caribbean. no, no. You have to keep it for this purpose. Keep it in the UK economy. All right. I'll buy. I'll go to Bonhams and I'll buy uh, a Basquiat. So where does that money? Million. So then, where does that money then go? That goes to whoever was selling the Basquiat, who's probably be another rich person who probably will save that as an asset, and that probably won't even come out. Exactly. So you're talking. No. So right. Okay. I'm going to okay. ask <laughs> you questions because it's not helpful. I am going to buy. Okay. I'll give you one. I buy. Uh, so a straw in a, in most um, self-respecting uh, news agents is 5p for <laughs> one, one hour. The one. few news agents that still have credibility <laughs> left in this bloody country. A straw is one of those Haribo straws, And some people have been Everyone trying to... Everyone knows what a fucking straw is. Yeah, I know, but they don't, this is something that should have a fixed rate of price. This shouldn't be down to the market. Instead, we should go back to a fixed <laughs> currency exchange rate based on straws. <laughs> So straw is five pence. So with my billy that I've got, my, my basement billy, I'm going to divide that by five. Quick mass, that'll be 200, 200 million. Yeah. I'll buy 200 million straws. Yeah. Okay? That's what I've bought. 
Okay. So and they'll build a country manor. So out we of the have straws. to, for this purpose of, for the purpose of this example, we have to pretend you're the government because they, you can't. I'm just not the government. Well, then we that then it doesn't work. No, but I'm saying this is what I'm saying is uh, this is hypothetical. If you were to, you're going to have to expand your mind for this this mind bending. <laughs> it's a mind bending yeah, suggestion. So you're printing fake notes. So I managed to I managed fake. to perfect it, but the they'll perfect be fake crime. They will be fake. No, they're they're not. No, they have to be. Why? Because the only the only p the only actor that is able to produce actual currency is the Bank of England. Which is why they sign it. That's the why it's the that's, perfect crime. That's why we've stolen Are we talking about the question anymore or are we talking about no. the perfect crime? <laughs> I'm saying... Because I can't answer no, no, this, if I did the perfect... This, yeah. this, it, this hypothetical scenario that could never happen yeah. does um, underlie yeah, yeah, the no, question. No, I know, yeah, so yeah. you've managed to reproduce it so it's not fake. It's this, exactly the same. So if you bought all, all of those straws for a billion pounds, let's, 200 let's say... Million let's straws. say spread across a, a news agent which is spread across the UK... I'd have to go to all of them and then they had to, I'd have to do it over many months. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, so like... So it spread really well, actually. It's a way of spreading the wealth. In a That's, sense... Because that'd be across the whole country. Yeah. I'd be injecting huge amounts of money. Well, not huge amounts because each news agents, but there's a lot of news agents. Because the, because the point, the reason why this, this logic doesn't work... <laughs> Is because that isn't that isn't how currency works. Because you can't just print your own currency and distribute it. Because then the whole point of currency is completely defunct. But why wouldn't that affect? Would that start affecting the value of money if yes. no one knew about if it? If more and more money is in circulation, it means more and more people have more and more pounds. Sure, that can happen via straws. Sure, okay. yeah, yeah. Because straws are going to go to the going to go to the off licenses, which are then going to go into the salaries of the people that work in the off yeah, licenses. Yeah. They'll, start then, they'll start buying stuff. They'll start buying straws. A good Christmas, the kids get the more presents. And as more and more something flows around the economy, the value of that, in comparison to other countries, is going to diminish. So it's all about the purchasing power of a pound, because as supply and demand works in the UK economy, if you spend a billion pounds on straws, yeah. the price of straws is going to go up. Because <laughs> yeah. that's how supply and demand works. Because if demand increases, basically what you're doing there is increasing demand by 5 million billion for straws. That means the retailers who sell the straws are going to say, shit, we can, we can charge a lot more for straws. Yeah. As we start charging a lot more, the purchasing power of the pound of a straw versus something like the rupee is going to appreciate in value. That's going to make the pound a less valuable thing. Okay. Yeah. So you don't know the answer. <laughs> that's, no, right. that's, that's a good there's question. Loads of, and I want to do an episode on crypto soon. Yeah, and as NFTs. Well. Yeah. We want to talk about NFTs. This next uh, question is from Nadja slash Nacho, but uh, her Instagram name is Moonbaby, who has been a, uh, a fairly long time listener of the podcast. This is her question. Um, she's from Germany. It's great to see. Um, we know German. Non- we know a bit of. Hello. Mein Lieblingsessen ist Kartoffelsaft. Uh, this is mein friend Andrew. No, that's English. This is mein Freund. Das ist mein Freund. Das ist mein Freund. Andreas. Andreas. No, Andrew. It should be Andrew. No, my German name is Andreas. Das, das ist mein Freund Andrew. Andreas. Uh, wait, I'll start again. Ich bin Oberkuh. Nein. Ja. Du bist ein Z- Uberduf. Nein. Ich bin Oberkuh. This is... Das ist meiner Freundin Andreas. Andreas ist nicht so cool. Aber, Aber ich bin übercool. Nein, nein, nein. Horatio ja. ist nicht so cool. Nein, Aber, nein. Ah, und nicht so musikalisch. Nein, ich bin sehr musikalisch. 
do you realize that the only German we know is because we sat next to each other and we just try and insult <laughs> yeah. each other and that was all we could do all we could say is hello my name's Horatio I'm very cool this is my friend Andrew Andrew's not very cool and I'd always respond with no I'm very cool you're not very musical <laughs> okay okay so this is not really an interesting question but I need to know why you both hate mashed potatoes because I don't really get it and it's kind of keeping me up at night so yeah please enlighten me and love the part hope you have a good week and shout out from Germany well, you might out. as well be asking why don't I like genocide okay <laughs> why don't you like genocide because it's the worst thing <laughs> in the world because I don't like masses of people dying nor do I like shoveling potato <laughs> shit into my mouth why yeah. what I like is texture okay. crispy texture you know what not any texture because mashed mm. potato is essentially slop mm. what it is is what farm animals eat for sustenance <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, there's no there's no there's nothing there's nothing within it I, I need a no 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 i completely agree and i think I, i'll take it from here um, <laughs> because we both have, have always hated mashed potato and it's like i've now since over the last four or five years i've grown to truly love potatoes in nearly all their forms but mashed i can potato, vouch for that I've yeah he has potato all the time <laughs> i love potato because it's just a great flavor it fucking yeah, me, it can, it's so versatile but when you mash why it why not put a crisp on it it's like it's a when, you, yeah, when you when you <laughs> don't put a crisp on your mashed potato don't put like so a what's it on it it's not what i'm saying <laughs> But when you mash it, it is just like having a nice meal and fucking grinding it and fucking shoving it in the dirt. What um, it is, is it's baby food. Yeah. And that's what yeah, I that's think. What, that's, I, yeah, that's I, it. I think, it's I guess feeling. the reason is that I'm above four years old yeah. is why I don't <laughs> like mashed potato. Yeah. Because mashed potato sucks, man. It fucking like, sucks. Especially, and when you see, because mashed potato recipes becoming more into cooking, I've seen there's like, oh, it'll go lovely with this mashed potato Creamy. <laughs> and just for the shit of it to see yeah. how the other yeah. cunts live, I'll look and look at the recipe yeah. why are you adding cream in there why are you trying to make it worse yeah i'll gag at the thought awful of that. is there anything else that's like mashed potato texture because there are other things that yeah, mushy oh, yeah. peas mushy peas sweden sweet carrot and swede mashed carrot and swede. um i'm actually not a crazy fan of lasagna because of that sauce well this is where i used to be but yeah. i've got over that i can eat a lasagna lasagna is lovely actually, often yeah. people so will be like choose lasagna as like a this safe this goes meal. into a bigger thing yeah. about um about the survival of this, about evolution. Mm -hmm. Because I, my father hated- Bill Cohen. Bill Cohen, hated, uh, it was William Cohen. William <laughs> Hated, <laughs> hated mashed potatoes and eggs when he was younger. Now, he can't get an Irish boy as well. Yeah, an Irish boy, yeah, God. My nan is turning in a grave in the thought, although she was alive at that point. <laughs> dad, dad hated those two things. Now, he can't get enough of them. I go home and he's got a trough of mashed potato mm -hmm. and a really big bowl of eggs. Because he's regressing to a childlike state. He's reaching that age. This is what mm. I think. I used when to his... see it as beneficial. <laughs> no, I'll tell you what it is. A really psychologically is. damaged When man. he wasn't lurking his mashed potato, yeah. that was him at his prime. Yeah. Okay? That was his sexual and physical prime. That was when he was dominating yeah. the world around. He was an active agent in the world yeah. and the world bended to his will. Yeah. Okay. But now yeah. he bends to the world's will. Happens to all of us. It's just yeah. naturally. Yeah. There's no shame yeah. in it. He has now gone back to basically being a six-year-old Mashed boy. potato is the cuck food. It is the cuck it's food. The it's food. a cuck food. You know, you know, I think that that's it. Yeah, no, I'm I happy with that answer. This is from Sam Brown. Um, uh, hey, I'm a year twelve student, and I was just wondering whether you think uni is important, or whether 
um, back, you really need it, especially since I don't really think I get an office job because I'm like dyspraxic and I got ADD, and ultimately I want to do stand up comedy. So yeah, um, also I was thinking of doing um, film studies at uni. So I was just wondering what uh, Horatio thought of the course when he did. I'll take this one. I'll just go. Yeah. I'll take um, wow. So you dyspraxic. Did you just put an accent on and pretend to be? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You went with we're the name running, Sam. We're running out of questions. You went with hard. the name <laughs> Sam Brown yeah, as well. <laughs> um, yeah. So that. So you're uh, dyspraxic. You want to do film studies at uni, and you also want to be a stand-up. Yeah. I mean, the question is. All you need to do is look at him now. I think. <laughs> is this is this <laughs> what you want? <laughs> Uh, what I'll say, see, the question about uni, and this kind of gets asked a lot, is it, it's, it's what you want to get out of it, and there's some people who should never go to uni, um, but I think the general thing that I've picked up on, there's some there's some quite specific jobs for people who are really unacademic, who don't enjoy anything academia, people who want to go into more physical stuff, where uni's just not for you, and that's completely fine. Yeah. But in general, there's... The mistake that I um, always think a lot of people make is thinking, I have this dream, I'm going to go straight into it, I'm I'm going to use that time to like make mm. up on uni. I feel it's so hard to kind of progress when you hit the adult world anyway, that that three years you spend not at uni will fly by so quickly, you might as well have been at uni, yep. I find. And I find a lot of people who didn't go to uni can regret that side of it. I think there's an element of maybe like maturity. That in maturity and, well. and meeting like, different people that aren't from the place that you live. Exactly. In. And when I was at school, I wanted to be a filmmaker and I strongly considered because I didn't really like academia that much. Just or have a talent <coughs> for filmmaking. Or have a talent for filmmaking. I strongly considered just, uh, I'll just start making films and use that to like, um, not uh, go to film school or anything like that. And I'm so glad I went to uni. <coughs> um, doing film studies, I love film studies. I basically, and I, you probably are in the same boat if you're dyspraxic, I, I struggled just to find a lot of academia that interesting. Or like, I like things, but I just didn't like the way a lot of things are taught. So you I like knew- the idea, it's almost like you like the ideas of what people are saying, you just can't stand reading it. I can't stand, oh, or I just can't stand it. the learning process, being told to do this, being marked in any of those sort of ways. Just have got no satisfaction like that. Yeah. So I just knew, okay, if I'm going to go to a top uni um, and I'm going to uh, focus for a year and not get kicked out, I need to be something that I'm so interested in, I can just about grip my teeth and get through. Yeah. That's easy enough. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, I can yeah. like not be pushed, and it was tough academically. Yeah. Even though it wasn't tough, it was easy as shit. Um, and I did that, and it was really good. But and what I'll reflect on that is doing a humanities subject like film studies that's so unvocational, because I wasn't even a practical film course, which I'm really glad I did as what well, didn't do as well. It was a theory course, so at least with a practical film degree, um, you leave. Um, with a skill set that you can get a job from. Like, there's literally one of the least employable things ever. But I felt the the ideas I learned there, the experience I had, the whole package developed me so much as a person that as an artist and a cre- creative in general, that helped me more than any sort of practical thing, any sort of plan B job. And I'm really glad I did it. If you're going for it, film studies, you want to be a stand-up. I guess my advice would be, if you're going to be a stand-up, you probably want to unless you're super passionate and super back yourself just to take a risk i would probably advise getting a degree that means that you have options because you know coming out into the world being a stand-up even if you're doing well as a stand-up you still need a job you still need other forms of income so if you are really trying to push that stand-up thing you should 
at least look at a degree that can like set you on a path to be making some money which doesn't have to be that specific it no. doesn't have to be, you know, you can still do another humanities. Yeah, but you like, want a degree just to, as a backup to getting a job that's not, yeah. you know. So that's what I'd say. And also when you're at uni, um, there's great uh, stand-up opportunities and stuff. I think, yeah, no, I, I agree with all of that. And I, I think, think the uni's more important I think than in, the course. In summary, it was, some of it was like, it's often viewed as when you're kind of umming and iron whether to do it, it can seem as three years lost rather than as three years gained in many yeah. things. And if you're really interested in the, the subject, it can be three years gained of, you know, looking into that subject and you can develop your interests in mm. the world with these kind of things. And... Yeah, as I say, I think it's a kind of a, a the academic side doesn't necessarily have to, you know, be those, those steps toward getting a classic job or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can be like just divulging in different ideas and interesting things that you can only really get at uni. It's true. And the social side of it as and well. I mean, three years just to like experiment, be wrong, and, and do all that stuff. Exactly, yeah. and fuck around. Yeah. I, it is like I would always advise it, but like, of course, there are some people, as you say, there are some people that, you know, you just don't want to do uni. And it was interesting at Warwick, yeah, which the uni we went to there was quite uh it was interesting how it split up and like it, it split there it was a it was a very racially diverse uni but it was interesting the, the way that people were there for such different reasons and the mm. way that kind of um generations and uh different ethnic groups was what they were getting out of uni it was very different and i think we we're very very classic kind of white middle class which is like yeah. being able to sort of um indulge in a sort of more Open, smoke joints and draw uh, pictures of rivers exactly and stuff like that and like have that more experience where w w a lot of the stem like warwick business school a lot of the science things it was yeah. kind of filled with second generation immigrants or like people who had their, their parents had uh come here and they're like the first generation to come here so if you've yeah. got a kid you in that environment you need to be able to make money of that yeah. job you're it's an insecure life being an immigrant so yeah. you need to well it had it yeah. had very uh, warwick had like really and does have very good like humanities reputation mm. um but like his business school is jacked up yeah it has an incredible reputation like yeah. one of the best in the country yeah so that is why there was quite that heavy mix and it was just it. a different vibe of people going there understandably yeah. with much different pressures because i know uh, what we are very classically from what i realized we're quite white parents which is kind of do what you want it's fine you know whereas yeah. like the more traditional sort of immigrant parents are like I you need to uh, achieve certain things yeah. this is from milo where do you get your ideas from okay that's a shite question we're not going to answer it from a from a degenerate from a degenerate where did you get your fucking ideas from? How dare you? How dare you ask such How an insulting question? Yeah. <laughs> this is from my, my wonderful Sweden, Swedish friend, Hugo. Hey, Hugo. If you could only eat one type of pizza for the rest of your life, <laughs> what would it be? Uh, I missed that voice, actually. Yeah. He's got a very dulcet Swedish stand. <laughs> so pizza, let's get into it. Let's talk about it. You're one topping for the rest of your life. One topping for the rest of your life. So, I'm caught on two fences here. Uh -huh. not, I'm not on the fence. There's two. <laughs> Wait, are your, I'm, are I'm your legs pulled apart so you're my, like, yeah, your groin's my completely... Groin. I'm doing the splits yeah, between a very large distance. <laughs> on, I'm what's on each fence? What's on each fence? The one is how I consume the majority of my pizza, which is Domino's. And the other is how the best pizza in the world is, which is Italian pizza. I went to Napoli recently. I'm a big fan of Italy. And my God, do they nail their pizzas as we would expect, given that it's the home of pizza. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. 
hot travel tip for this if week. If you're looking for pizza, pizza go to Italy. <laughs> go to Napoli. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe, maybe. It's just my personal opinion, though. So, what you order when you go to Italy, and it is absolute truth, is you order a margarita. Yeah. Toppings on a pizza are basically westernized, bastardized versions of pizzas. Yeah. Because it's it's almost like what I see a pepper a meat feast pizza is TikTok and margarita is um, Aristotle. Okay. So, no, no, let's make that a bit less abstract. TikTok is a, TikTok is your meat feast and something and like good sketch comedy, something like Morecambe and Wise. Okay, getting convoluted, Mork- but go on. Morecambe and Wise <laughs> is a margarita. A strange when uh, done, example. When done amazingly, when a pizza is done well, all you need is margarita. Okay. So like for me, if I was... If I was knowing that I was going to go and tour the world, well, tour Italy, basically. Yeah. And well, I just tour good pizza joints. It would be margarita all the way. But I know myself and I don't tour good pizza joints enough. No. So I'm going to have to say it would be my Domino's Create Your Own. Which is? I'm glad you asked, yeah. which is... Because uh, we've talked about your addiction to Domino's and yeah. we also, you openly admit it's more of an American... It's an American uh, pie. It's American cheese tomato pie. It's American cheese tomato pie. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not, not pizza. pizza. <laughs> it's not pizza. So maybe I could... Actually, maybe I can avoid the question no, and no, say no, I'd no, get a margarita. This, this counts. I so I, my Domino's pizza topping, which I think because of the consistency of which I get it, um, mostly because when you want to take away, you want to fucking take away, you don't want to be disappointed. But, you know, we'll go... There's many things that go mm-hmm. into that. It is chicken breasts... Green and red peppers and mushroom. It's a good one. It's a good one. Um, yeah, I guess the problem with this question is how I'm feeling now and what I get regularly um, as a general topping. Am I going to like that for the rest of my life? And, you know, I've changed my views on toppings a You've lot. You've got commitment issues. Yeah, I do. May, yeah, exactly. So, like, pepperoni is something that I know I'll like for the rest of my life and kind of it's, no, it's going to be seven out of ten every time I get Domino's it. Domino's pepperoni pie? Not sure about it. Yeah. Uh, I would. I don't like Domino's that much. Not a huge fan. Yeah, fair. So, um, but pepperoni. Every pizza place will have it. I guess my what I like is kind of ham, uh, ham. Ham. <laughs> ham, black olives, um, black olives, and uh, that's a different type of cheese. Two types of cheese is normally what I like. Bu- the, one bu- of those buffalo. No, no, and mushroom. Ham, yeah, uh, uh, olive and mushroom. You see that? Yeah, that's what I'm on. You yeah, see that one sense. a lot. That's kind of my speed. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so it's, it's either those well, two. Well, because basically. that's a problem, because I have, it's a conundrum for me, because when you, I, there's fewer finer meals I've had in my life than in Italy with mm. a proper amazing pizza. Mm. And I would hate that because of Hugo's question of making me choose the pizza for the rest of my life, I'd have to then <laughs> translate chicken breasts, <laughs> green and red peppers and mushrooms. Yeah. And like, if you don't have it, but I'm, I'm sorry, I can't eat here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the problem. Um, okay. You ready to move on to the next question? Heck yeah. This is from our very good friend, uh, Ruby Goodridge. Hello, um, Ruby here. Big time fan, small time friend. Um, my question... She thought a lot about that. you, Boys Gone Wild, is would you rather never have sex again or Tick. never kiss anyone again? So you can have sex without kissing and you can kiss but you can't have sex. Which would you prefer? Peace out. 
Sounds like she's by a waterfall. Yeah. Um, but yes, good, good, good question. Um, wait, is Ruby she was to be by a, a waterfall because uh, she, she to be was contemplating the question counselor. herself. That was great podcasting. Sorry. <laughs> no, <that was> Sorry. <laughs> I just wanted to get yeah, a joke. Yeah, yeah. No, um, she In a really low voice as well. <laughs> Mine was higher. So it's like just like <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, she is trying to become. So, so it's in she her. Will event. It's in her work. Yes. Um, um, sphere. I, uh, uh, sex. Okay. As in, I choose. Sex. I think so because I, I guess the, the question is. I want kids. Is, um, yeah, well, yeah. I, I let's for the sake of the thing say that you can have kids. Just because I, I think the question's more focusing. Yeah. On. Yeah. No. Not yeah. the essential. It's, you don't uh, want a smart ass answer. Yeah. Um, I yeah. I guess you're gonna have to think what would actually in your relationship um, have a more damage to intimacy. Yeah. Um, and I do think after. A couple of years, I just don't know You'd how explode. much kissing is. You'd gonna, explode. I don't know how much kissing is you're going to gain from the kissing that you will gain from the. Yeah, and you both sex. explode. Yeah, it's going to have to clearly be sex. You'd both explode. Yeah. <laughs> you not? Know yeah, no, I think it's a pretty actually. It's quite a simple answer. I think it's sex. Although, yeah, I get the idea because like kissing happens, you know, outside naturally. Of sex yeah, stuff like, like that, and never kissing your partner is kind of weird. Kind of weird. Never sleeping with your partner. You, which you some both, do. You die. You wouldn't die. <laughs> I think you think it's more serious than it. There's no, like, I honestly think. I don't think people die. There's incels. They don't die. They're just fucking cunts. In, in, in somewhere they do. In somewhere they do. I think you both explode, you know, when you see what's that budgie. Well, you know, that when that budgie, ex you'd explode. You'd explode, okay. We'll leave it at that. Um, Great name. Hello. That's a proper English name. My question name, for you guys though. is, if you could choose one moment or decision in your life to examine through the lens of a sliding doors style simulator what would it be and why secondly can i get your opinion on this film because there's a lot to unpack with it not least of all the very long and uncomfortable joke about gary glitter running off with an eight-year-old girl before the days that he was convicted of possessing child pornography bye Okay, thanks, Jim Reed. I mean, you sound like Jim Reed. Yeah, his voice sounds like. Sounds. A... I want to give him a long hug. Yeah, more, more, more for my benefit. Yeah, because he, he, he seems like, like a sturdy. He feels like a sturdy, reliable uh, guy. I feel like he group. was just leaving gardening at his allotment. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't feel like he needs us to answer this. No, which I really. I think he's got his own answers. He's the, just doing it for the that's fun. A, of it. That's a tip. It's a nice when you get questions sent in when it really feels like they wouldn't. Yeah, you know. it doesn't matter what we say. It's all like, please ask this. Yeah, please, we need help. It's like, by the way. If you think this. I've never seen that film. Uh, but you've heard of the concepts. I haven't. Have you not? No, because we... He's a sheltered man in some things. Yeah. Uh, Sliding Doors is a very famous film. Uh, quite. I've actually watched that during lockdown. I saw the last, ha last half of the film. But I know the concept, which is basically in the film, she misses... It's Gwyneth Paltrow doing the worst English accent you've ever seen. Mm. And what I loved about this film was its presentation of late 90s Britishness. And it was at an interesting point where it was sort of being romanticized, but it really captured this kind of hilariously over the top 90s yeah. Britishness, of which is our parents' generation. They're, they were the age in that of yeah. our parents. And you're not talking about my mum like that. But. Um, and so going about to awful English accent. I had just caught that train. I'd have been home ages ago. <laughs> Um, who even even though she's getting slagged off, I think in some other stuff she is actually quite good at acting. But this time, the, the acting was just dreadful, yeah. and it's a pretty dreadful film. But the concept is, uh, she's running for this train, the the door's shut, and then in the parallel world she gets the train, and then she gets back okay. home. It's like the butterfly she, effect. Yes, and uh, she gets back home, 
and um, she sees that her boyfriend's cheating on her and breaks up with him. But if she, she misses it five minutes later, he yeah. managed to hide it. She stays with him. Yeah. You know, and, and which is like, you know, people, lo- it was a cult film at the time. People love this, but I'm like, if we're going to play with that high concept level, it does feel like maybe something bigger than that. That feels like a bit of a, a tedious. Butterfly effect. It is, but like. But I, they're known about the butterfly effect, the film. Aston Kutcher. Yeah, I know, but I think this came before. I think. Did it? No, I think butterfly effect pretty early. When was this? I don't know. Whatever. Um, but if you're going to do a sign doors moment, don't just do that. You see your boyfriend cheating. It's, it feels like it's a okay, much more heavy philosophical. It's a high issue. concept. Let's. Yeah. Um, but it's just the, the kind of the way that they all looked and the kind of like there there was a there was something. It reminded me of that um, Will Young video. Uh, Think about leave right now. Have you seen that quite hilarious video of him trying to? Um, uh, coming up, it's like a POV yeah, shot of yeah. him coming to an art gallery and getting dragged away. Yeah, and the way that he looked at that time yeah. is co- sort of Britain in the Blair early Blair years, which is from 1997 to 2003, before people started getting a bit sick of him. Right, just for the Iraq War, uh, and he got elected. Okay, where it was a period of relative sort of naivety and mm. uh, prosperity yeah. for this country. Um, and it's just the way that people dress. Every British man, every trendy British man in the late 90s, all their hair, it looked like they've never touched their hair. It looks like they've woken up and haven't touched their hair, but they it's have. A, it's a bedhead style. It's exactly. bedhead style, but it's really manufactured bedhead. So yeah. every dude just is like it, had it, these kind of weird stylized things. But was it quite like aggressively gelled? Like aggressively, gelled, yeah, yeah. Gelled, gelled not to waxed, look like gelled. just, yeah. Yeah. And they all like look like kind of like. Did you used to do that like, on your like. And they're all a bit gay, but then also really aggressively. St- they look yeah. like straight men. Uh, look like uh, gay men pretending to be straight right, yeah. with this bed head. Yep. Uh, baggy fat jeans, really tight tees. Mm, the, yeah, girls, a- the girls all look like kind of Barbies and are really done up, but all the guys look like shit. And I think it's just a really interesting time. That's what's time. differentiated from fashion-wise of like how, because like baggy jeans are now back in, yeah. but like the combination with tight tees. Yeah. And I feel like that's because the gym bros have taken over tight tees and that is the least fashionable thing you can exactly. do. Exactly. It's Maybe. not very, it's not high art. We could be sitting here in abs- like skin tight tees yeah. because of the natural cyclical nature of fashion. But instead, we've had a few gym lads who want to show off their it's tries true. and their bodies. And they, they, they've taken t- um, tees. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, anyway. I, I think that was a, that's a glorious time and if you know, if um, the world doesn't get better, because it feels like in general politically we're yeah. heading towards some sort of apocalypse. If there is no bounce back, if this is like terminal climate change wise, 1997 to 2003, well, probably the fall of the Berlin Wall till 9/11 might be the best 10 years anyone's ever had in humanity. Yes, could potentially. So the guys yeah, yeah. dress like that. With the baggy jeans looking like shit, they probably had it better than anyone's ever had it. You think? Because who's gonna have it? Because it, it's better than the fucking before the war, you know? Yeah. Well, you're saying this post-war. Well, how, what what year is this? What, this is I'm saying just post at the end of Blair, the beginning of Blair, beginning of Blair. I'd say no so one's had it better. Yeah. I mean, they've what like psychologically and materially. Yeah, but it's a short. The problem was is that they it, it was a short-term thing that was never gonna last. But mm. the general vibe, the naivety, it felt like 
the kind of standard of living had been raised by technology to a point. Yeah, yeah. It was before everything collapsed and it was before we were kind of self-aware of how shit everything was. Yeah. It um, feels it like was, there's that little window where it, shit was just... Where, well, when there was a middle class and there was an idea of this distribution of wealth yeah. as well without the kind of... So watching, watching sliding doors through that lens is what uh, is actually the best way to view it. So is there any point in your life uh, that would be like a sliding doors moment? Oh, God. As in if I didn't do this or this? Yeah. God. It's a tough question to ask. It is. It's, a, it's a good question. Um, well, it feels like now almost. It feels like now that like everything has seemed quite premeditated in some ways. Yeah. As in like that's kind of the natural progression of younger life of going through school then going to uni then once you get out of uni that's a lot of people have almost like a fucking depressive or in a a kind of anxiety phase of like what am i going to do with this now and then acceptance and then acceptance of the fuck (laughs) fuck which is where i'm at now (laughs) hence the chase so what where i think i think now i'm at that point of just like almost is is, what is is well because it's hard because it's impossible to answer that signing doors question because i don't know what the other situation would have been that's the the problem with the question but um so if if it's a significant decision in my life i don't think i've made that many significant decisions up until this point where i need to now work out what's going to go on with el futurino because do you know what i mean if i was maybe if i didn't like maybe if i didn't get a cat yeah everything would have been different but I don't know that because I can't see the sliding doors the other answer. side of it. It's a really tough question to answer. But uh, for, me, for me, genuinely, now would be the only time where it seems like that because everything else has seemed quite... The only one, like, the only other key decision is either relationships, which I'm not... It's just boring. Which isn't, this isn't an answer, or what uni you cho- chose, yeah. which, again, is big because it would be completely different. Mm. But not an interesting answer. Yeah. I just think now is a time where once you come out of uni, now it's when you were probably focusing on oops where's that future going baby mm-hmm. okay do you have one uh no I, I guess the only thing you could say was you know i managed to scrape into warwick remember yeah that? yeah I yeah just so that was, i was more nervous uh, about your response yeah, mine. yeah yeah um and we got it and i'd say that was probably the closest sliding door moment i've mm. had as like a thing yeah no, well, so constantly... why don't why don't you say it was the what that one answer that got you the grade in that Would one paper that got you well uni? well it's because i didn't get my grades yeah oh god and then god, they get yeah. so no because i got they asked for two a's and a b and yeah. i got two a's and a b but they asked for an a in english and i got a b in english so yeah. but they did it anyway I so that's anyway. why um okay you got one more yeah i got two more yeah um but we can do we can do one more well i um, just mean time wise yeah um we can rattle through both um the last one's pretty, this is from arch brooks watson who asked a great question last time he asked the one about the simulation the matrix oh and stuff, yeah all that. yeah um do you agree with Noam Chomsky's evaluation of Slavoj Zizek as a charlatan? Well, this is interesting because this is sort of, I don't know how interesting this going to be for anyone else, but this is sort of two uh, people I'm very, very obsessed with. Um, and it is interesting when you have uh, two people in any uh, form who you love dearly and really haven't been influenced by it heavily and they have a disagreement or one doesn't like the other it starts creating a kind of natural cognitive dissonance where you're like i believe both what you're saying is really completely what i think but if you hate him then what does that mean about me you know mum and dad mum and dad so it is i feel um philosophically my parents are chomsky and zizek who's the dad Uh, who's the mum um i'd say chomsky's the dad oh you're wrong there 
I'd say Chomsky's um, Chomsky's <laughs> the dad and Zizek's kind of, but like a messy nah. mum. She's like, is it like a messy mum? No, Chomsky's the mum actually. Chomsky's the mum. Chomsky's the mum. So known Chomsky, uh, if you don't know, um, is kind of polar opposites to Zizek as a thinker in many ways, but is like the most respected thinker, the most cited living author, eighth most cited author of all time. That's including everyone ever. Um, and is generally the most respected thinker there is. And then Zizek, who I love so much because his opinions are so um, thought-provoking, but then also he's so inherently hysterical. But the way that he looks at the world is like... Because I think he almost does what like some great comedians do, which is he has a very similar thing, but he's coming at it through academia, which is where he'll approach a, a situation and uh, view it as like, what's the most interesting take I can have? Like he had this hilarious um, bit, which was basically like a really complex standard routine about uh, how different philosophical traditions uh, shape uh, the way that toil the toilets are made. So you look yeah, at yeah. the kind of key philosophical traditions, um, if you're not counting Greece, are Britain, France, and Germany. And they all have different ways of dealing with shit. And he says that is uh, basically uh, talking about the, their philosophical traditions. With um, German, there's a platform where your shit lands before it goes into the water so you can ins inspect it for your health reasons. So that's yeah, yeah, no yeah, And yeah, that, he says, is about German idealism, which is a very much like uh, this kind of based in like uh philosophical thought considering reflection it's almost you know, a mechanical Nietzsche. inspection of your, your it is but it's 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 it, german uh, philosoph philosophically are actually not as pragmatic as yeah. they are as people they're it's kind of like they're, they're they've probably got the best philosophers anyway it's like nietzsche yeah, it's yeah. like hegel it's marx it's these kind of big thinkers who it's a lot about yeah um deep thought <clears throat> and then in britain uh the the uh, which is sort of a middle ground between the French and German. It's sort of like the 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 shit is suspended in the water, and it's it's seen as kind of. I think he says it is like uh, the pragmatic, analytic tradition of British philosophy, philosophy, yeah. which is very like no frills, yeah, um, yeah. kind of a, a middle ground. And then the French they deal with it uh, by hiding the shit, so you can't even look at it. Um, and I forgot what he says about that. But those sort of things that he does time and time again. Um, he does similar processes to what I think great stand-up routines are. Um, and obviously Noam Chomsky is going to hate him because he comes from the opposite school of philosophy, which is um, analytic philosophy, which is basically what's actually going on. Let's just deal with reality. Mm. And it's the tradition that Britain, Australia, basically the Anglo world, most of that philosophy comes from that deep background of Let's just talk about what actually exists and what we know. And I respect that because there's so much bullshit. Whenever you listen to Noam Chomsky, there's no fat on any of his words. And then Zizek comes from the European continental side of philosophy, which is like, uh, philosophy is closer to art. Philosophy is about uh, expressing and trying to get to those more, those questions that we can't answer yeah, yeah. through. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot more... Um, posturing it's a it, it, uh Noam Chomsky's philosophy is like science she's it's more like art so I like them both and I think it's very unfair what Chomsky says because as much as I love Chomsky he has become a bit of a tired old bat um and certainly I feel he's got stubborner in his old age and there's a strange amount of lack of open-mindedness that he used to have when he was a younger thinker so well, he but he talks about symbols a lot and a lot of his stuff is grounded within language yes which is why it's surprising that he sees 
Zizek's work, who have, is heavily based, based in almost symbolic examples as something to not be considered as any kind of having any kind of academic merit whatsoever. Yeah. He he says of Zizek that it's like he can't even discern what Zizek's even saying because uh, that is now that is a bit true because yeah. like both because at the end of the day both of these guys are also kind of pop academics yeah that's unfair but they're because they're popular academics yeah. and I think there Chomsky's is pop, Chomsky's pop because he's so good Zizek, Zizek is and Peterson pop. is pop because of their personalities yeah well yeah yeah but I think Zizek a lot more like because the whole thing because it can be hard to digest what he's saying a lot yeah. of the time. And because the way, because of the way he puts across his argument and he is as in, he's a bit off the wall, which would be the word to describe yeah. in some ways. But when you kind of like, when you're reading his books, it's like you see, you have to really work so hard for the points that he's making. Yeah. And part of that, I feel like part because of combined with the personality that he has and his deep interest in culture, which yeah. is obviously going to have like a quite um, popular reception when yeah. in a cultural audience. Yeah. Um, but you just have to work so hard for the points within within that language that you just feel like sometimes that's why he's so popular because it seems he's a stylish person to back. Yeah, but I guess I, I view Zizek, he's sort of almost the way I view Kanye and I love them both very dearly as like people is that I don't, what I respect about Chomsky is his pure and utter focus on truth and morality and doing the right thing, saying the right thing and saying what he means, saying what he sees and just being so focused on just <coughs> nothing but the truth. Yeah. And what I like about Zizek is that you will leave a Zizek lecture thinking, changing so many opinions yeah, and thinking yeah. all these things. It doesn't have to be everything he says. Yeah. It's just like he provokes you in ways. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's a provocation, which I which I agree with the point of there's a place of both of these kind yeah. of ideas. And I think Chomsky suffers from a thing that a lot of people who have been in academia as long as him, he's been in, he was in Massachusetts uh, at, um, MIT, I think he was the uni of that. He was there. He's been there for like he was there for like fifty years. He just moved to Arizona. Like if you're in a university for fifty years, you become there's an element of becoming. And he does travel a lot, but there is like an academia institutionalized. He's the most. He's the most important academic. He's the most kind of revered academic. He part of him no, is but very. He, he, he isn't. He is in in pop in the pop world in the yeah. pop understanding of academics he yeah. is because he's got had the most kind of uh this uh what's the word exposure basically yeah he although he's like of course he's very well esteemed in so many things like zizek doesn't whenever i there was a time when i was doing my master's dissertation i was bringing up zizek everyone all the academics would scoff almost yeah and that's why i think it's really unfair on them because i think it's almost like a problem with academia their kind of disavowal of zizek is seeing him as almost trashy yeah actually i think he's raising and raising a lot which i I completely agree with completely agree with. so i'm a big zizek fan a big chomsky fan yeah i think on this point though chomsky is often very on the nose uh i think i disagree with chomsky this is a question from bookmark boys uh who did the nice bookmark of uh me, Jesse, and Bibi. And not Alfie. me, though. Not, not Andrew. Not me. Can we get a bookmark of Andrew, please? One of his famous quotes. Um, Which was a quote that you said. Well, it was just a tweet. Oh. Uh, but you can, surely you can get something from... Yeah, I mean, I produce gold you, on, a, on a weekly basis. Gold. Okay, so here's a question from Bookmark Boys. Okay, so you have one day left on this earth. No one else knows about it. Do other people know about it? Nobody no, knows no, no one knows about it. <laughs> that the earth is going to end. What would you do with your final day? Don't make it sad. 
not interested no in that. No sad shit. No sad shit. I want an itemized agenda of how you would spend your last day on earth. Maximum fun. Maximum fun. No, because, no. You choose. You choose the amount of fun. It could be average fun, that's fine. Okay, bookmark boys. Well, off, bookmark boys, we... if you're being held against your will. <laughs> You should. There are several numbers you can call, which will appear on the screen now. There's something great about having sending a, uh, a question into a podcast, and someone clearly told you to do it, and then you yeah. hear them in the background correcting the question. <laughs> no, no, that one. No, no, say that bit. No, no, no one else. For fuck's sake, put my voice. Come on, Jesus. No, just say it into the microphone. Fucking hell. So you got one day left of this earth. <laughs> okay, so uh, do you want to take a stab at this answer? Well, this will be the last one. Um, I, oh, one day left on this earth, no one else knows. I mean, the fact that no one else knows means that you're not going to share in a global hedonism of the fact that we've got one day left to live. You have to do everything. You don't want to end up in jail, like in the, in the next hour. Yeah. So you can't go out and do something obscene. Um, do I, I'm trying to think of a funny answer, but I, I, there, it's failing me. So I just spend it with my loved ones, and I just go. I'd go out and have a, an absolutely uh, audacious night at a club with all my friends. Get everyone down. That's it. Genuinely. Well, you probably you probably weed and read and look at the ceiling, having a wank, wouldn't you? Well, so. Is my last day on the earth? Is it everyone's? Was it was it everyone's last day? Was it just mine? Well, that was very unclear because they seem to be having an argument. If I am the, it's my last day, and I know I'm dying the next day. I guess I would. No, I wouldn't spend it with my loved ones. Well, I I would spend the morning with my loved ones because I'm not going to sit around. What are you going to do then? Because that's going to be depressing as fuck. Because you think it'll be really nice. No, the, but it's the only thing. No, no, because this is this is what I think, is that if you're dying tomorrow, I'm sorry, you're not going to have a nice vibe with your loved ones. Do you know what I mean? It's not going to It's going to be you're sitting, you're going to be grieving as a group. No, because I think the implication of the question, you've accepted this. You've accepted that there's a death. No, only you know. Only, only you, you know. know. Only you That's know. That's what the guy, the man shouted from the corner. Only you know. Only no one you else know. knows. Okay. And well, I don't know if that means they're also going to die, but that doesn't matter anyway. You try and make it the best night ever, or you'd have a big night with your friend and a day, a whole yeah. day of fun with your loved ones. That's the only answer I can give. Yeah, I guess you got one more day. I would probably, in the kind of the, the weeks running up to it, I might see my friends and stuff but on the last you day. You don't have a week running you up found, to you it. You found out a day. Yeah. But you, right, you found out in the, you found out, as you wake, the minute you wake up in the morning that this is happening, but then you have an immediate acceptance of it because I don't want fuck wallowing and stuff in it. Otherwise, it's just like you'd just be sad all day. They didn't want sad answers. I think that there'll be an element of that, but you're dying. To, it's your last day on this earth. You want to go out with a bang. You know you're going to die. They don't know you're going to die. You remember, you have a chance now. A lot of people die. What is the way that you're going to go out? Are you going to go out hard? Yeah, well, that, hard having a, a night where you're going to be a bit pushy when everyone's like, okay, why is he acting so weird? No, but, well, I don't really care. <laughs> I love you, I love you well, too, mate. I think like, that's a, almost a difference in our opinion stuff about legacy left on the planet. Versus... I'm just saying, you it's like you've got an opportunity now. So what would you do with it? <laughs> um, I would probably, if it's my last day, I would do, I would use that opportunity of like, uh, opportunity with no response with no repercussions to what well because you I, keep that i'm, I'm hearing well, i'm saying problems, i'm saying so I'm there's things solutions. um 
you can go out iconically. You can go to the House of pa- try and try and go to the House of Parliament. Do you think that's really worth your time to try and what, make a <laughs> make a dirty protest on your last day? Yeah, you well, want to shit you yourself pro- in the House of Parliament, don't you? <laughs> yeah. You want you think that's a great legacy? Man shits himself in the House of Parliament and, and mysteriously di- <laughs> dies the next day. Who killed me? Nah. You know? Yeah. Epstein didn't kill himself. Smear it in my own shit on a House of Parliament. And do you think that's going to get any traction? I think that will. I think definitely get some traction. You think it, it would be in the news for a day and then people would be like maniacs. Do you remember when that guy shat in the House of Parliament? That's You're saying. not going to get in the Houses of Parliament. You don't suddenly have ability to shift through walls. What are you going to be able to do in a day that is going to leave a legacy that you want to leave? I think it's pointless to focus on legacy. I think it's point. It's po- the point is to cherish the last moments you have. Yeah, I don't know. I'd still, I'd maybe fly somewhere. Um, what, spend of- six hours on a plane of your last day? Yeah, because that's the problem. If it was the day before, then I could fly there on the day before because I kind of like the and idea. And then what? Do what in Singapore? Well, like you, you end up, you're in Tokyo and you're in like a midnight <laughs> diner and you're eating sushi. You want to spend your last minutes. Well, there's something to that, isn't it? Because you've got to convince. You no, go by yourself. Then I'd speak. Then I'd speak to uh, the person next to me, saying, "I'm going to die tomorrow," and I'd tell them my whole life story. You can do and that. I'd do in that the with UK. a stranger. You can go out with you. Can <laughs> no, do because it's say. going out hard. You can do what? No one's good shit if you're in a different country. <laughs> you have this grandiose idea of death, and that's the problem. You've got to think conceptually. It's your last day on Earth. Yeah. What are you going to do? that you realize you've got no more time left to do. You know, who are you gonna, what are you gonna tell to someone who deserves to be told some shit? You know, are you gonna say, Yeah, this, this is are true. You gonna that, set that, that's all included within the time that I'm talking about. No, but I mean, are you gonna- You want pers- vengeance, don't you? Well, maybe something like, what can you say to someone that when you dis- die the next day, it's gonna make your point really ha- hit home. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because you very rarely have the opportunity to like die the next day. Okay, fine. Know well, you're, you know, know you're dying. You know, I'll play this bullshit game you're playing. Well, it's, a fu- it's called fucking answering the question. <laughs> I have answered the question. I would go to Bradley Walsh's house. <laughs> there we go. What I'd do is I would, so I'd have my time with my friends and then at 11.30, however long it takes to get to wherever Bradley Walsh lives, I'd go to his house and I'd knock on the door and I'd say, the, the way that you present the chase and everything that you live your life by and this is like the time is ticking and it's just about to get to midnight. Honestly, has made my soul leave his body. And then I'd die at that point. Yeah, that's what I mean. You've got that opportunity. Yeah, but I'm just giving that. So what would you do with it then? I don't know. That's a great answer. Because now I'm annoyed because I don't have something like that. I don't have a vengeance in my life like you do against Bradley. <laughs> but using that. Um, yeah, but I do that at the end. Yeah, so that's I mean, my I mean, itinerary t- would be that. Would be spend time with your loved ones and then go and go see Bradley and just see Bradley Walsh at the end and die in front of him you haven't still given a fucking answer to this you've just complained about mine um yeah well I guess if if I had one day to live on this earth I would potentially um those um you know the the body suits where you can fly with the, you know <laughs> the, like the the body suits the really funny ones the one where you the, fly yeah, yeah, yeah. i would launch myself from the top of the shard i've seen people do free running on the shard and i can contact one of those get to the top and then i would have one go at launching that yeah um and have flares while I'm doing it. Yeah. So you'd see me flying across with flares and everyone would see me and be like, oh, he's going to die. And I'm like, I'm going to die anyway. I'm going to die anyway. And I'd do that on the moment that I'm going to die so that in the, like I'll disappear. Yeah. 
That's how I'd go out. So at the moment you die. Yeah. But then the, I mean the pro- the question was also what you spend the day doing. Oh, so the whole the but whole. But I thing. think like maybe go to London Zoo, jump in some of the enclosures. <laughs> I think I'd definitely like. Why to, not? That's what because I'd like to then add to the point because yeah. I would then like to go with my loved ones and jump in yeah. like a not a line enclosure because the point is what you've got to. No, you might kill your tough, loved ones. No, 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 they don't jump in. <laughs> so you'd freak them out. Yeah, they'd be like, what the fuck? And so, but what you'd, you'd, yeah, they'd stay back. But you, the problem is you've got to, you can't die by natural causes before the day ends where you're naturally going to die. Do you know what I mean? You've got to, you can't make, it'll be a nightmare if you said, fuck it, I'll go and do this incredibly, de- I'll jump off a building with a parachute but a really small building where you don't have enough time for the parachute to go up yeah. just because of the fuck of it but then you die at like 7am you've got to you've got to you spread build these up. things out well the problem is, is I've realised for that big final thing of me flying out the shard with the um, one of those yeah. those suits is that my day would be a lot of admin it would be a lot of organising that's the problem and I don't mind that because no, it's, you it's, do, right? <laughs> I don't. that's your worst nightmare I don't because I don't really I struggle to enjoy you know, my birthday at the best of times, your last day on earth, the amount of pressure you have on those enjoyments, yeah. it would take over. But if I'm focused on a task, like this is going to mean something, then I would be like, all right in those moments. And do you think... I just feel- don't think that you'd enjoy yourself as much as you think, because it's like... No, of course be I'd be fucking- petrified so about So then you death. go out, you fucking deal it. You, you fucking... Yeah, but you... You, you deal I with deal, death. I, you look death in the eye. I go Bradley Walsh's house. <laughs> and go to his house. You do something that you could never no, 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 do but yeah, you, yeah, jump in an enclosure in a zoo. There and we go. go. And, pet, yeah, and go and pet a water buffalo or something. Maybe not a water... Something that wouldn't kill... <laughs> something that wouldn't definitely kill me, but like... if Could. If there was a giraffe in there. Yeah. If there's a giraffe in London Zoo, maybe the penguins. Go in, just be like, what's up, guys? Go and chill with the penguins. Hug some penguins. You know what? I go around London Zoo and like hug as many animals as possible. Before. But then the problem is... I don't want to be too rational about it. You I would do, you're be, going to be too rational. I would be you're detained be by the Metropolitan Police Service. <laughs> and I'd be in jail. <laughs> and then what would happen? I'd then die in jail. <laughs> and my friends would be, why did he invite me to the zoo and then jump in the penguin enclosure? Oh, he's always too rational with these things, but that is a good point. This is the point. get your head out. You have a bit of fun with it. Yeah, which I'm doing. So I'd, I'd, with, with, what, is the question with no repercussions? Yeah. Well, like go look at the zoo and I'd fucking donkey and I'd go and tell my mother she's a bitch even though she's not. She's asking a fun question. Which I've answered well a lot more than you have, Mr. Skydiving Man. Um, Happy one year anniversary. We'll see you next week. Happy (laughs) Easter. Subscribe to the Patreon.